Uh, Sina Soemian, and I'm here to present another episode of Golbezan Podcast. Today we will be discussing our latest high-profile friendly against Japan, who are one of the best sides in Asia, and also other issues surrounding this game. Today I'm joined by one of our regular panelists, Pejman Pars, former Iran international, Mr. Amir Hashemi, and also we have a special guest. We have Ben uh, from JTalk Pod, who uh, covers Jap- uh, Japanese football in, in great depth. It's uh, great to speak to you guys. Thank you. Um, Very different. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Um, We went into this friendly on the back of a disappointing 1-0 draw against Oman in the uh, World Cup qualifiers. Um, What was it that you were were looking forward to most in this friendly and were your expectations matched, uh, Pejman? Um, Well, uh, I was hoping but not expecting to see new players uh, with new I mean uh, new for a national team uh, new in, in the sense of getting some playing time although they have been in the squad but we've seen Carlos Kersh before being very careful when he plays friendly against good teams he usually uh, feels out more or less the strongest team he has and I think it's, it's the, it has to do with uh, with the lack of uh, good op- opponents that Iran uh, usually have. So, uh, when we play against good opponents such as Japan, it's important, I think, for Kerosh to see how strong is his team when it really matters. Uh, so, somehow, uh, I wasn't really expecting for the new young players to, to actually do something. In that case, uh, I wasn't that surprised, to be honest. Uh, what about you, Mr. Hashimi? What did you make of the game? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm agree with Pejman because uh, that's that's Carlos Queiroz, the, the Portuguese uh, trainer. They want to play against a strong teams with a solid team, and solid team uh, asks uh, much more experience, and that's the reason you see uh, not many new of young players. Iran played uh, better, of course, better than the uh, match against Oman. Uh, played much more on on, on the other health. Uh, closer to the box of the Japan, uh, but I think uh, it was good enough for deserve one-one, uh, but not good enough to win against Japan. Ben, coming to you, um, Japan are doing okay in the World Cup qualifiers. I mean, uh, I think everyone would agree that they will go through as group winners. Um, how did you see the game against Iran, and uh, what did you make of it? Uh, yeah, well, I thought, uh, yeah, probably 1-1 one, one was a fair result. But uh, overall, yeah, I, I think uh, Iran were, were the better team uh, the better team on the evening. Uh, similar to uh, what the guys have said before about how uh, Iran set their team up. I, I was personally hoping that uh, the Japanese coach, uh, Vahid Halilhodzic, would, uh, yeah, utilise his squad more after uh, Japan had played 
Syria in uh, Oman uh, in the the previous uh, match day. But uh, yeah, I guess similar to what what the guys have said about Kirosh, I guess uh, Halil Hodzic wanted to test his players against one of the the strongest. Well. According to the FIFA rankings, the strongest uh, Asian team in Iran. So, yeah, well, I would have liked to seen, have seen even more changes from the Syria game. I mean, there was, uh, yeah, there was never any doubt that the likes of Keisuke Honda and Shinji Kagawa were going to start. And yeah, it's uh, slightly disappointing from the, the Japanese perspective. But yeah, when you come back from Iran having gotten a draw, I mean, in any circumstance, that's uh, that's got to be considered a, a decent result for Japan. So do you think this was a good opportunity for Halil Hodzic to really get to see the depth in his squad, having only taken over uh, about six months ago? Um, do you think it's an opportunity missed, you know, because there will be bigger games coming along um, and... These friendlies are an opportunity for all the teams to get to see the younger players uh, in action. Absolutely, great question. And yes, for me personally, I would have liked to have seen him make more than uh, the five changes that he did from the Syria game. But I guess, uh, well, you mentioned before you came to me that, yeah, I mean, Japan had been doing all right in the, in the qualifiers. But of course, Japan drew their first qualifier at home against Singapore, uh, nil-nil. And that was, uh, for some people, uh, a Obviously, a, a shock, but a, a, some people started to question Halil Hodzic even this early into his reign. Um, I mean, the, the shots, the shot count, the stats were phenomenally in favour of Japan on the evening. I mean, the, the Singapore keeper just played out of his skin all, yeah, on the night. Yeah, I was night, about to say that game, uh, the goalkeeper played the game of his life. I remember the highlights. Absolutely. Yeah, no, no question about that. But, I mean, you know, it, for... For um, for the the supporters of the Japan national team who only watch the Japan national team and don't don't watch the J League, I mean, not perhaps uh, I don't know hardcore soccer fans isn't the right word, but I mean, yeah, for, for the, the more casual fan, that that result was uh, very very surprising, and so I guess Halil Hodzic, while he probably wouldn't admit that he was feeling any pressure after a result like that, he's probably got to think uh, that yeah any kind of any kind of negative results um, in the in the aftermath of that will uh, increase the pressure on him so i guess that's probably might have had something to do with uh, him playing uh, yeah closer to his best side than uh, than i would have liked to see Masashi, I mean, one of the things that Kairos, as you mentioned before as well has been criticized for is the use of his squad and in this current squad that he um, invited there was around four or five center backs and only two of these center backs played these two games against Oman and uh, and Japan do you think there needs to be yes. improvement you know in in the, in the way he invites players and the way he uses squad yeah that's exactly what what I'm thinking uh, that we have to think something about our center backs because the age is high and uh, we, we we need an alternative there. And uh, why he doesn't use that? Uh, another another alternatives. It can be maybe Burali Genji again, or or one of the young players who are playing now by Iran under 23. 
and I think it, we, we, we need to focus uh, there. Uh, we cannot say that Kiroz didn't use young players. Uh, you see, Zatolai has played, Sadar Asma played, uh, even Torabi played. They are very young players. But but what I think we, we have a problem center backs. We have a problem in the goal the goalkeeper. <clears throat> I think Hariri uh, cannot improve himself anymore. I think it's he, he's on the level and he can be. And uh, we need we need to put more more attention. We need to put more 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 uh, more uh, energy for our center backs. We need a good. Defender, we need also good playmaker. I think that's what I, I think. The Carlos has to be Carlos Kirsch has to uh, try other players there. Pejman, coming to you and keeping with the same theme of, of defenders, um, our left back position has been, uh, of, you know, it's been a subject of a lot of debate with Esan Safi um, occupying that left back spot. Um, do you agree with that choice? Do you think Haysafi has to play there, or do you think there needs to be a lot more, um, you know, new players coming in, um, given a go, and, and see how they do? Because uh, to me, Haysafi has been a little shaky in the last few games at left back, considering that he's he's not a natural left back. Uh, he, he's what you call a forced left back, and he's not the first one in either in Iran or rest of the world. There, there are plenty of them because there, there's like a lack of left backs. Uh, but uh, coming to Coach Safi, uh, I think that we need somebody. Well, we have, of course, Pouladi that haven't been playing anything in a national team since after the World Cup due to his military issues. I hope that will solve soon because uh, for me, he's. The, the best left back we have in Iran. Uh, the other ones that we have, they're not bad. We have a couple of young players. The problem is, uh, are they good enough uh, on an international level? We have seen plenty of players that playing really good in the league, but when they come to an international level, they, they, they can't manage to to keep up that uh, high quality. Maybe because of the lack of experience, maybe because of different uh, kind of uh, opponents that you play against. So I think he's actually forced to use Hodge Safi. Uh, I really hope that his time in Bundesliga and Frankfurt will develop his his skills as a defender. Because when uh, he's he's a really good attacking player and he's always up there and uh, usually have some great crosses. But... uh, this, this move to Frankfurt, he has been playing a lot, actually. Uh, we have to see it in the long term. So maybe in one, or maybe at least in two years, so plenty of time uh, to develop and be ready before the World Cup. That's my hope, and I hope that's the, the ambition uh, he has for himself, to become a better defender. But uh, we have the problem with, uh, with Pilotti, and I don't know where that, when that actually will end. That's where we are right now. Mr. Hashimi, do you agree with Pejman's assessment, or um, do you think different differently to him? No, exactly. Yashaf is an attacking left back, and as a trainer, you can do two things or search for another left back. The, the priority is the defending. Or if you play with Haj Safi, I think the trainer has to think about the covering position. You know Haj Safi is uh, play very deep, is uh, attacking. And the, the 
takeover position is one of the big points in Europe, in football actually. When the player moves, the position of uh, the player has to be uh, covered with someone else. In, in the case of Hachsafi, they have to do that. Because if you look at the Oman game, how we get a goal from Oman is again, uh, there, there is no cover, the second uh, post. Uh, if you look at back uh, to the Iraq game, it's the same goal exactly. Uh, or, or we have really have to go for a young player. Uh, I know that there is a wonderful left back, he will come, and I'm sure I don't have doubt about him. He will be one of the best left back in Iran uh, history. He's playing now by under 23, Ali Yari. I have seen him uh, here in Holland for three games, three matches. It's it's unbelievable. It's 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 a classic, uh, very elegant player. But he's, he's for future. And I also agree with Bejman. I think if Hajsafi uh, playing with uh, Frankfurt for another two three months, I I'm, I'm sure that he will be get better physically, mentally, and uh, he will understand it uh, tactically much more. And, and also timing, and not always uh, attacking some. The priority is also defending. Uh, I'm, I'm agree with Bejman, of course. You know, watching the last two games um, against Japan and Norman, one of the m- biggest concerns that I had watching the game was the amount of times the opposition got through, got through to our back four. And it's very unlike Iran under Carlos Queiroz because usually the midfield is so solid that the opposition wouldn't really get a chance to have a go at the back four. But uh, when you start to analyse, the first thing that comes into my mind, certainly, is the retirement of Jabal Nekunam, our long-standing captain. And uh, since his retirement, Omide Ebrahimi has, has come in, he's been his replacement, and he's been playing alongside Andranik. Now, how do you see his performances have been for Iran so far? And do you think, in the long term, he is the right replacement, or do you think we need to look at different uh, different players, Pejman? I would like to first go back to to uh, Sari, uh, real quick. I think the reason, one of the reasons that he's not good uh, in the defense is well, first he's not a defender, but he's been playing as a defender for quite some time now. But he played in good, strong teams in Iran, such as Sepahan and also in Teraptor. Play teams that usually uh, possess the ball and play an attack- attacking football. So uh, there are good teams that aren't that. Uh, uh, they don't get punished, so to speak, uh, uh, as often as uh, maybe the national team does. So he's not really been proven uh, as a defender. When, when playing in Sepahan, one of the best teams in Iran and maybe even in Asia, uh, they usually aim to win every game. And you can't win every game by, by being that kind of defender. Uh, that's what we expect from Haj Safi. Uh, but coming back to your question, uh, if Ebrahimi have been good enough, um, you know, we, we can't really compare them because uh, they are two different kind of players. Uh, Nekunam is a player that uh, uh, distrib- distributes the ball much more. He, he sees the, the, the complete field and uh, calms down the the. Uh, the ball and, and the play a lot, maybe too much in my opinion. But Iran isn't a, a team that uh, lets the, the place like Tika Ataka football. Uh, I don't. 
don't see Ebrahimi as his heir for the long term. I don't even see him playing in the World Cup. Uh, so uh, I think when Kairos finds that guy, whoever that might be, uh, Ebrahimi will be uh, on the bench. Now, for me, that means that there's plenty of good players in Iran that have the opportunity to, to take that role now. But it's really hard to say who. Uh, Nuri have been that option, Mohamed Nuri, when he played for Paris Police. But uh, I don't know if, if he's good enough as well. Basim Hazadi Fahar, I think he's, he's getting too old. So, and Ezatolai is too young and unexperienced. But for the national team in the World Cup, if he gets some playing time in Europe, maybe he can uh, uh, play that part. Right now, I don't see any other option. That's a big problem for Iran. Listen, Ashimi, what do you, th- do you think uh, Brahim needs to continue? Is there just a, um, a, a change of tactic needs to be done since the retirement of Nikunam? How do you, how do you see it? You know, because uh, I think Ibrahim is not a bad player. He doesn't. Uh, he's he's doing well. Uh, uh, just uh, we have to think. Uh, uh, we we play always with two uh, control midfielders. Uh, uh, before that, we played with Javad Nekunam and uh, Andro and Nikitaimuyan together. And now Ezatullah, Said, and Ibrahim together, and they they play uh, beside each other. And the role of Ibrahim is a little bit. Uh, he has a little bit uh, more freedom than Javad Nekunam has in his time. Ibrahim can uh, 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 change his position. He can give the pass. But the only problem is uh, what I think and. Uh, Maybe Carlos Kirosh doesn't allow him, Ibrahim, to go further with national team is his physique because uh, he, he likes solid player, Carlos Kirosh. He likes uh, strong players, defending good players. Uh, we miss a little bit this defending uh, factor or element by Ibrahimi. But I think he's a good player. He can he can move the ball good. He can uh, make good choices. That's that's. I think that's. He has a little bit more tempo in his uh, game, even more than Javad Nekunam. If if they allow him to look forward, uh, he, he can see the players front of him faster and better than Javad, even better than him. But I'm afraid. I'm agree with Bejman again that uh, that he doesn't get that chance because because the thoughts of the trainer is different. He needs a very Strong player, uh, good physique. Uh, uh, the, the, uh, they have to win uh, many, many, many duels. You know, I think it will be a problem for him. But I, 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 till now, he, he, he is doing okay. Ben, coming to you. Um, based on the FIFA rankings, uh, Iran are ranked number one in in Asia and are considered the best team on the continent. Um, how did you see Iran in this friendly and in the past 12 months uh, taking the World Cup into account as well as the, as well as the Asian Cup? How do you see Iran in comparison to the previous Irans that Japan uh, played against? Well, it was certainly different, yeah, from a, uh, well, obviously I'm not Japanese, but from a Japanese perspective, not seeing uh, Nekunam and uh, Taimorian in the starting 11, that was uh, a, uh, yeah, big change from uh, the, the team's uh, that uh, Japan have played in the past, but 
I mean, you know, a lot of people mock the uh, the FIFA rankings for uh, the way they're uh, put together, but yeah, I don't think there's any doubt that um, yeah, that uh, that Iran uh, overall are. Uh, the, the strongest team in Asia, although they're you know they're they're going through a, a period of transition as as Japan are and uh, yeah I mean as I said earlier I mean it's always a, a difficult clash for uh, for Japan they they know they're always going to be in for a tough game wherever they play uh, Iran and uh, as I said earlier yeah, coming back uh, from a from a goal down to draw however lucky the goal was and we might come on to that later um, yeah I mean Japan will take a draw away at Iran uh, every day of the week. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think we've got to, we've got to uh, you know, the, the guy said earlier about the the, uh, the, the the level of teams that Iran is playing and uh, Japan is, is the same. I mean, we've got to get these, uh, these strong Asian nations playing against uh, stronger opposition, I think, when these, uh, when these friendly windows are open to them and uh, yeah I mean it's it's great for Japan to, to to travel to Iran to play a friendly just as it was last se- last year when uh, when they traveled to Europe and um, and took on the Netherlands and Belgium um, before actually sorry that might have been two years ago but I mean that you know trips like those are, are invaluable I mean a lot of the friendlies that Japan play uh, at uh, at home are just um, you know, sponsor, sponsorship driven, and uh, you know the the, uh, the supporters turn up and think it's going to be a uh, a rock and roll show to to see the likes of Honda and Kagawa uh, turn it on, and usually against much uh, you know much inferior opposition. So to have a chance to play against uh, the strongest team in Asia away from home was a uh, an invaluable experience, I'm sure for uh, for Halil Hodzic and uh, yeah the squad that he took over. Just going back uh, 10 months and uh, before the Asian Cup began, uh, I mean, certainly with people I spoke to, Japan were one of the favourites alongside Australia's hosts. But Absolutely. We're, we're, think... we're trying to forget the Asian Cup over here. Yeah, we're trying to pretend that it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, um, that's the that's what my question is about. Do you think, uh, do you think the controversy surrounding your previous manager before the Asian Cup really damaged your chances in the tournament? And has the country, has the footballing community in Japan recovered from that disappointment? Uh, yeah, good question. Um, I personally would say that I don't think it had that great an effect on the players because I don't know if they were ever really that connected with Javier Aguirre to begin with. Um you know, on the on the uh, on the evening down in Australia, I mean, you know, they lost on penalties to the UAE, a game that they probably should have won. Um, you know, most people would say they definitely should have won, but they didn't over. Uh, you know, in normal and, and extra time, and you go into penalties, and you never know what's going to happen. And yeah, Japan Japan lost. I mean, yeah, without question, they they should have been. In uh, in the semi-finals, at the very least, and as you say, with the Australia as the host, they would have been uh, the joint favourites, if not the outright favourites, before it began. Um, but as I say, I don't think uh, they were necessarily playing for a gear for the start. From the start, I mean, there were whispers that uh, yeah, the, uh, a few senior players weren't on board with the way he was going about things from the 
from the beginning. So um, the the controversy that swirled over Aguirre, I wouldn't say had an, a negative impact on the squad. They just happened to, yeah, I mean, yeah, it just didn't work out for them on the night, both in, in normal and extra time and then on penalties. Um, what about the current manager, Vahid Halil Hodzic? I mean, certainly he was one of the names who was mentioned when the uh, after the World Cup when Kairosh was rumoured to have resigned from his role. He was one of the names that was mentioned as a possible replacement. Um, how has Japan done so far under him? I know it's still early days, but um, are the signs good um, ahead of uh, ahead of the uh, second stage of the uh, World Cup qualifiers? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been interesting uh, having Halid Hodges in charge. He's done uh, things a little bit differently than uh, than previous managers. Um, one of the uh, the quirks he has is um, when he announces his squads for uh, international oh. breaks. Yeah, he doesn't just. Uh, re- oh, is everyone okay? <laughs> I'm okay. Hello. Yeah. Pe- Hello. Hello. Tejman, you're here. You're here. Yeah, go ahead then. Yeah, please. Okay, sorry. Uh, yeah, he doesn't just read out uh, 23 names. He, uh, Well, he's been known to take uh, over an hour to go through uh, each member of the squad one by one and, uh, and detail uh, reasons why a uh, certain player has been, has been selected and uh, also as he's working his way through the squad why... Uh, other other players have not been included. Um, that's uh, yeah, certainly a a different take on things than uh, than than we're used to in Japan. And I would imagine that most international managers go about things um, in terms of setting the team up on the pitch. I mean, it's very similar to uh, you know even going back to uh, Zaccaroni two managers ago. I mean, the the formation is pretty much the same. Uh, most of the names are are very familiar. I'm sure even to uh, Casual fans of uh, Iranian football. I mean, they know the names of uh, you know Honda and Kagawa and Yoshida's playing in the Premier League with Southampton. And um, but yeah, I mean the the one the one big hiccup was uh, yeah his first qualifier in charge against Singapore. And as we've uh, as we both said, yeah, I mean that the keeper had a worldie and and Japan were were held nil nil. But since then they've bounced back in. Reasonable style, and uh, yeah, the three-nil win over Syria in uh, in Oman was ultimately uh, ultimately pleasing. When they went in at a halftime, nil-nil, we wondered if there might be a repeat of uh, the Singapore result, but they they took care of business in the second half. And uh, yeah, I mean, the, uh, it's uh, it's going to shape up to be a very interesting second stage of uh, of qualifying, isn't it? Definitely. Masashi, um, we coming to you. One of the things that Ben mentioned was the importance of playing friendly, high-profile friendlies uh, against uh, top opposition. Um, how, how important do you think that is for Iran, considering we've had difficulties in the past uh, two or three years arranging you know, friendlies against uh, good opposition? But in the last uh, 10 months, we've played against the likes of Chile, Sweden and now Japan. Uh, do you think these are the right friendlies? And how how do you think uh, Kairosh and the Iranian Football Federation should approach these friendlies? Do you think it's just a matter of sending out our best team to see how we fare against these sides or uh, testing the young players and um, really seeing how they are and if they're ready to, to play uh, important games? Yes, you know, uh, that's uh, they can always make a mix. It's very important for uh, teams as uh, like Iran or Japan 
they are the big best teams in Asia and uh, even in the world. If, if I look at some European teams and to play these good games, we, we have a very good player. Uh, Japan uh, plays with uh, Honda, Yoshida, uh, Kagawa. That they, are, they are a very big player. They play always high level, high level. And Iran also. And you, you can see the difference. You have an identity as Iran. Iran has to play against this kind of teams. You can improve yourself. You, you, just example, if you play the friendly match against Bahrain or Oman, with um, lots of respect for these countries, but if you even win against these teams, you didn't do anything good, you know. You have to win. You are the first of Asia. But if you play against uh, uh, bigger teams, higher level, the one thing is there's the technical things. You can uh, improve yourself in technical side of football, improve yourself and tactically. But the other thing is identity, uh, identity of Iranian football. It's uh, much better. You win against Chile. And Chile wins against Brazil. You know, everybody talk about this, and you you have to think the player. The playing, uh, for example, Sadar Azm or Turabi, or Ibrahimi, he plays against uh, Honda, uh, not against the player. Nobody doesn't know him. But if you approach the games, is another matter, another question. I think he can. Uh, that depending how many games they play. For example, uh, they played uh, one game against Chile and. Two, three, four days later against Sweden, you have two, two, two times ninety minutes, which means you can you can divide. Uh, you you put the best team in the first game, the second uh, game. You can make a mix, or you can use the youth players. Uh, you don't have to put four youth players in one game to see them. It's even not good for them if if they cannot do anything. You know, that's depending how do you want to improve them. I, I think the best thing is to make a mixed team and let them come very slowly to their level. Let them uh, adopt to, to the good new level, good new form. And I'm saying always, we don't have to play against teams that are much lower than Iran because you don't have anything to win. You, you can better play against your young 23 team than against these teams. That's that's what I think. Now, Peshman, coming to you, of course, some of the big names of Japan national side has already been mentioned, the likes of Kagawa and Honda. And I think that is one of the weaknesses in our team as well, not having a, a recognised uh, number 10, someone who can play behind the striker. How important do you think it is um, going into the biggest stage and the more important stages of the World Cup qualifiers? How important it is to find a solution for that spot? Um, ahead of the big games because once the next stage arrives we're playing against the likes of Japan and Australia and South Korea even um, I don't know if that's really that important because uh, today's teams have to be versatile and have to have different kind of players not only have that magical number 10 uh, that we're so used to uh, I don't know if we'll ever find that uh, we have some interesting uh, players now Tommy have done that quite well but uh, our kind of play so far, uh, it's been a lot of uh, attacking from the sides or uh, Dejaga creating those opportunities uh, for himself and from others and for others. Uh, if that's important, well, it's always good to have 
players that can create something for others uh, and especially for the goal scorers. Uh, having that number 10, if you don't have a squad that's good enough, then I don't think we should uh, search for that kind of player. Uh, what I've been most surprised by uh, in a positive way uh, for Iran, it's the, uh, it's, it's the more speedy kind of uh, play that we've seen Iran play. Iran is usually a, a good defending team, uh, but uh, having the ball, we have a lot of issues and we still have a lot of problems. But nowadays, I see Iran coming to the defender, coming to the goalkeeper and trying out some uh, uh, some shoots and, and some good headers much more oft, often than before. Maybe we, we uh, don't get that good uh, shoots, shots and maybe that not get good headers, but we will eventually. But the more you try, sooner or less, uh, one of those opportunities will come into a goal. So I think we should continue this path where I see Iran playing kind of fast, uh, letting the ball go around much more better than we used to do. And I don't know if it's because of we don't have players such as Nekunam anymore, or is it because we're uh, Carlos Kalos is changing, or it's just one or two games that I've been watching and, and making, uh, hoping too much of it. I really don't know. We have to see the other games uh, in our qualification group and uh, it will be interesting to see how Iran will perform in the next stage of the World Cup. Will we be able to to have that kind of play that we had against Japan when we played quite decent actually? Uh, or will we struggle like we did against Oman who was a, who really got my respect uh, after that game? It's too early to say. Asal Shami, I have a question specifically for you. Um, it's about Ali Reza Jahanbakhsh. You know, he's one of the biggest talents, not just for Iran, but I think for Asia altogether. Um, he's been a bit of a substitute under K-Rosh, um, but I think with his recent move to AZ Alkmaar and the regular football that he'll be getting at such a high level, it'd be very hard to leave him on the bench. So how do you think he'll fit into, um, into this Iran team? Will he carry on... Uh, as the, you know, because sometimes he's played left wing um, for Iran. But where do you think he'll fit in into that uh, front three? I think uh, uh, that's my idea. Uh, good Al Reza, which he will be. Uh, I think he will be back in one or two weeks. And uh, uh, I think the best thing is for Iran uh, that he can play. Uh, he can fit on the right side, and they can put Ashkan left side again. And we, we, we were talking just now about the number 10 position. I think the Wahid Amiri can uh, fulfill this position very well. Amiri is fast, has a good handling with the ball, he can keep the ball. He's, he sees the, his left footed is, is, is very important. And Ali Reza can, uh, I think the best uh, position for him is uh, to, to, to play from the right side. But I, I say it always. If you play right side, a uh, classic right side player, uh, you have to change sometimes with your left winger. That, that which means if you play with Ali Reza one side and Ashkan uh, other side, they can change with each other, and and it, it, it will be good for the team. It will be uh, bad for the opponents because uh, the, the, you have two good players. They can keep the ball. They have a wonderful uh, technique. They can. Uh, uh, cross the ball uh, very good from both sides 
and it is difficult for the defenders uh, to defend uh, this kind of player. And uh, Ali Reza uh, is a player, he's creative. Even Ali Reza can play on the 10 position. Just uh, if he play in 10 position, you will miss a little bit uh, his crosses, you know, from, from, the, from, the, from the right or left side. But I think Carlos has to think and uh, put more attention to Ali Reza and let him play from the right, uh, right side. I think we're all excited for Ali Reza to come back and uh, really get a regular spot in the team because we all know how much of a, a prospect he is for the future. Now, guys, I've got a couple of questions from um, Twitter. Uh, one from Samson Tamijani, who says, why does uh, Team Melli always play well against the uh, top nations but seem to struggle against the, um, against the lower teams? And I'm going to come to Mr. Hashimi with this one. A, a, a national team, it means. Yes. What I want. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's that's depending on the uh, uh, to arrange the good uh, opponents. You know, we need uh, we need the long term arrangements. Uh, we need to look at the FIFA days on the agenda of the FIFA, and uh, we want to make a, a friendly match for next two weeks, but it's impossible. You cannot find any good uh, good teams. If if you arrange now for the next six months, I'm sure you can find a very good strong team. That's that's depending how federation arrange the arrange the friendly matches. Um, Pejman, I've got a question from Jay Soccer Magazine, who's asking, um, what happened to the legendary hundred thousand uh, people turning up at Ozadi Stadium? Is it a is it a question of um, financial situation, politics, bad football, or uh, something else? Uh, good question, because uh, usually we, we brag about that, but it, it never happens anymore, or, or very, uh, very rare. Um, it's a, a couple of uh, different questions, uh, answers. First of all, the time of the game in Iran was like middle of the week, more or less, and middle of the day. Uh, even if Iran is a country with uh, almost 80 million people, uh, you can't have those kind of times uh, uh, in the, for a kickoff. It wasn't good. Uh, secondary, uh, the Iranian national team, although people like it, uh, but uh, the, the fans, I, I won't say if, if they're tired, but they're not expecting that much anymore uh, we have a hard time feeding the stadium and yes one of those is of course the economic question uh, even if the, the tickets aren't that expensive it's, it's still kind of hard to uh, for everyone to to afford them especially since all of the games are shown on tv it's easier we really don't know what to uh, what to expect anymore I don't know if there's any a political agenda behind it. Uh, we've seen Azadi Stadium getting full. We saw it in the, in the Asian Champions League for Paris Police. That was the main reason to help them to, to advance uh, because the, the tickets were free. So there is an interest, but uh, there are a couple of different reasons. And I think the economic one is, is one of them. I think the, uh, the lack of proper... Uh, um, uh, organization with kickoff. I know that the kickoff time had to uh, be adjusted so that people in Japan could also see it, but uh, more or less every game that Iran plays, the kickoff times aren't the best ones for getting 
maximum amount of people. Uh, I think there's there could be a lot more work with public relations. Yes, my opinion. Also, you played in an era where you played in an era where a lot of people used to come to stadiums and watch the games while you were playing for SLL and Team Ali, of course. How do you see this problem? Uh, how do you think we can tackle it? How do you think we can get more people to come to stadiums again? Yeah, we had a different time. We cannot compare that. Even our friendly match, I played once with Istiklal against Vashash Budapest friendly match. We had 35-40,000 people and the club championship was 110,000 people. But I think the organizing, I think, is very important. Uh, the organizing it's one thing and uh, and uh, how of, if the people still love Iranian football is other thing what Peshman says uh, to playing at five o'clock in the afternoon in middle of the week you you saw the game the starting game we had almost 12,000 people uh, 20 minutes later we had 15,000 and uh, finally I thought we had something like 22,000 people if, if, if they just they Put it three hours later or four hours later, uh, they they will have uh, another fifteen thousand people. But but uh, the people Iran has to change something beside organizing. The, Iran has to change something in the, the football. Maybe they have to let the women's come to the games. You know, to 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 to, to make something else interesting for also the men's. You know, and. They, we have to believe that we have to do that, or uh, we have to start also uh, technically from our clubs. You see the uh, matches, you see the games. Uh, if the clubs, uh, they, they, they come to don't lose the game, they don't come to win the games, you know. And this is this is not uh, attractive for the play for the people. They pay the tickets. They sit in the car, they drive maybe 50, 60 kilometers, some of them maybe less, but they come to see a bunch of players they don't want to lose. Nobody likes to see that, you know. And 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 uh, if they come two times, three times to the match and they see everybody gives everything to win one game, I'm sure the people like to come to the game. I'm sure about that. But we have to start from our clubs. We have to start from our trainers. Our trainers have to say to his teams, go to win the game. And and that's that's the major problem. We, we don't have attractive football in Iran. That's the major problem. I think we can uh, record a two-hour podcast just uh, concentrating on that issue. But um, <laughs> that wraps up this episode. I'd like to thank uh, Pejman Pars and Mr. Amin Hashemi for coming on and giving their views. And also a special thank you to Ben Maxwell from JTalk uh, Pod who came on and um, really educated us on, on, on various issues with Japanese football. But uh, we'll be back with more episodes and other issues about Iranian football. But until then, take care. Thank you.